Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to Radio Wasteland, your favorite show about the paranormal and conspiracies. Yeah. I figure if I say it enough, people will be all, oh, Radio Wasteland, you mean my lie. favorite show? My you know, favorite show about paranormal and conspiracies? Exactly. Hitler said, you know, the bigger lies are easier to swallow, and if you say it often enough, people will believe it. So, Well... Thanks for ruining my plan. I try to make it a point not to follow things that Hitler said. I mean, he wasn't wrong. He was just evil. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, okay, so he was wrong about a lot of stuff, but not that particular point. Right. I think that was a cogent observation. Well, as, as a parent, I am aware that I do there's... not want to be quoted saying Hitler wasn't wrong. Right, right. As a parent, I am aware that there's such a thing as positive manipulation. Yes. Exactly. Right. And what could be more positive than manipulating people into listening to our show? Totally. It helps yeah. them. It helps them. I'm your host, Chauncey Hallworth, and this is my co-host, Kara. Kara, how Hello. are you doing this week? Pretty good here. Pretty good. Nothing yeah. new and exciting. Your life has not changed in the last week in some sort of dramatic way. No. Mine neither. Yeah. Yeah, mine either. Nothing too exciting <laughs> on my end, I guess. <clears throat> so uh, this week we're going to just talk about some news that uh, has gone on throughout the year, and yeah. uh, especially this last month. You know, it's been a busy month. You know, uh, today is Cyber Monday. Yeah, we do a lot of guests, but sometimes it's good to just, you know, catch up and do <clears throat> a, a quick recap of, of everything recap. you all should know about, you know, why the whole world's out to get you and how there are creepy things hiding in the shadows that, you know, are unknown but and unknowable. Especially in the busy season, you know, there was a Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Exactly. I Let's see, small business Saturday, then we got Sunday off, and then it was Cyber Monday today, and then I've tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. Small Business Saturday. <laughs> well, that's why small businesses are doing so well. <laughs> Because yeah, that's a good point. I just think it was nice that they put Small Business Saturday in between Black Friday and Cyber Monday instead of just getting all the big stuff out of the way first, you know. Right. Because I really think that, well, our show comes from here in Reading, and, uh, and I feel like during the recession, you know, we would have been hit a lot less hard if we didn't have a Walmart or we didn't have a Target and stuff like that. If people shopped locally. Oh, absolutely. We would have... Yeah. Been all right, but nobody wants to do that, including myself. <laughs> I don't like to go into Walmart, though. Yeah. Well, I I buy everything on Amazon. The last time I shopped in a store for any reason was... Actually, it wasn't that long ago I went into Best Buy because I n needed new headphones quickly. But under ordinary circumstances, I would have bought them on Amazon for much cheaper, so... Yeah, but Amazon's like the worst. Amazon, yeah, well, that's my point. Amazon is the opposite in every way of shopping locally. It's like the mega, you know, if big box stores are, are the enemy, this is like the Leviathan that eats big box stores. Right. So, and yet I support them because I don't care. All right. Well, <laughs> that's very, uh, very uh, progressive of you. Yeah, I know. Don't don't tell any of my leftist friends. Right. I'll lose my cred. Right. And so it's been a busy week. You know, a lot of politics going on. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of caravans. A lot of, uh, a lot of people yeah. charging the border. Stuff yeah, like that. you know, I'm a... Russia's going to invade Ukraine. And, you know, Brazil's got a strongman new president. And there's the whole thing. Saudi Arabia is killing American journalists. And we're gassing children. You know, I... 
I don't like anyone right now. I don't. I like Canada. You, you never, like Canada? Yeah, you never hear about, you know, awful repressive stuff Canada is doing. But everyone else on the world stage, I, I, I'm sick of them. I've, I've had it. I see. So. All right. Well, uh, coming up here, we're going to be talking about the news and uh, some great articles, talking about Satanists, Mothman, all that great stuff that people want to know about. You're listening to Radio Wasteland. Come on back. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland. And we're talking about basically articles in the news from the past month. We're that you might have been too busy. Everything. We're talking about everything. And the first one that I'm bringing to the table for discussion are an article from Mashable.com. Satanists are pushing back as the devil appears in more shows and movies. They're pushing back against this? Yes, this seems they are. like, you know, positive representation. Yeah, well, uh, you know, there's a lot of Satan stuff has come out this year. Hereditary was a cool movie. Uh, okay. Castle Rock, you know. Uh, so normally, like, uh, you know, this year I think was also um, American Horror Story uh, Apocalypse or something. And the Church of Satan had pushed back at them about their their portrayal of Anton LaVey. Uh, they felt was portrayed as more Satan than than non-Satan, but Anton mm, LaVey was okay. really... The the Anton LaVey Satanist church is much more based around not a belief in Satan, but a belief right. in oneself and stuff like that. But um, the Satanic Temple, more so in the news for actually worshipping Satan, Interesting. has leveled a $50 million copyright lawsuit against Netflix and Warner Brothers contending that their iconic religious statues was ripped off for use in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> Which is yeah. a pretty good show, actually. And they're saying that they're profiting from uh, their staff, their statue, which was called Baphomet with Children. And uh, it was, you might remember the news, they initially tried to get this statue up in response to uh, Senator Jason Rappard, who sponsored a 2015 bill trying to approve a statue of the Ten Commandments oh, yeah. to be put in capital grounds. See, this is what's confusing to me. I thought that Satanists in general did not actually believe in Satan. They were just snarky atheists who were trying to, you know, there are annoy two. religious people. There are two. Okay. So the Church of Anton LaVey <laughs> was much more a worship-yourself um, sort of hedonist, um, anar um, anarchistic sort of belief system. Okay. Uh, the Satanic Temple, I believe, is a little more representing themselves as Satanists, but yeah, really, I even then, I think they're sarcastic. sort of. I think what they're really doing is pushing back against other right. religions that are allowed in our government. Right. They're basically they're just church and state activists. That right. at, at least the Satanists I have met. But I have to say, I did watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I love it. Right. And they, they totally ripped off this statue. Oh, they did? They fully did. Like, okay. It is exact. Well, all right. You know. See, that's what confuses me, though, because it's like that... <laughs> doing that makes it seem like they have a legitimate belief in Satan. Right. Because... You know, this has nothing to do with church and state or whatever, but I well, don't know. You know, that, that's kind of the funny thing. Through the 80s and everything, there was all that stranger danger and stuff right. like that and, you know, Satanist killings and stuff like that. Which was based on a few, you know, anecdotal events that may not have actually occurred. Yeah, I, I think uh, <laughs> I was reading that there has never actually been a truly 
satanic right. ritual it killing. Was, yeah, it was all just kind of it was hysteria. All hysteria and or crazies, you know, people with serious... Uh, oh, I mean the people who were afraid of it, was, that was the hysteria. Right, yeah. it was all hysteria like that, or it was crazies sort of acting on that who mm-hmm. had uh, schizophrenia yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Because here in the United States, uh, schizophrenia is is closely tied to religion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is really weird, because if you look into schizophrenia in other countries, like in Japan, it's not tied to Shinto or Buddhism or something else like that. No. In Japan, it's really tied with, like, failure. And yeah. in India, it's really... In terms of, like, what people experience right. from, like, voices and stuff, right. you're saying. And right. in India, it's really sort of tied to paranoia of your neighbors and stuff like that. But here in America, it's very tied to uh, religion, and probably huh. because, you know, to... To throw a bone to the religious people, probably because religion has had such a big part in taking care of these people over the years here in America. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think like demonic possession stories, that's that's a huge part of our culture that isn't as much in, in many other countries. Yeah. Although like every country, every culture has possession as a trope or idea or something at some point in their religious history but right in the in many countries it's kind of fallen by the wayside and but not really so much in the united states yeah well evil uh on our show with a lot of topics you know this mm-hmm. this this satanist topic you know is is probably a little too tongue-in-cheek to to put too much into but yeah. you know it's 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 a common question that i'm always trying to ask like i think i know the answer to this Kara, but do you believe in God? No. Do you believe in any kind of higher power? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I get like I'm agnostic on the second one. Yeah, yeah. But I when agree. people say, "Do you believe in God?" I, I, I assume what they mean is like your capital G. <laughs> yeah, your Christian conception of God, right? As in the character from the Bible. And I say no. But if you ask, you know, do you believe there's? Could there be a super advanced alien intelligence out there that's so powerful that it's godlike? Sure. Well, I I don't <laughs> think that would fall into the realm of God. I think I think it would. <laughs> I think falling into the realm of God would be would be something that came before everything and started everything. Well, if the universe is a simulation, then an alien being would absolutely qualify for that. Yes, of course. But their universe, <laughs> who started their universe? Don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean. know, I know you don't know, but I'm saying, do you believe that there could be a God? An okay, omnipotent, okay, ever-existing God. Omnipotent? No. Okay. I, yeah. I think the concept of omnipotence is logically just doesn't work. Right. And in fact, I think the Bible only makes sense if you assume that God is not omnipotent, but just really unimaginably powerful. So I do believe it, that it's a possibility. Yeah. You know, part of the reason why I believe that it's a possibility is that I believe that there is an inherent right and wrong. And if okay. there is, where would that have come from? So I have to entertain the possibility if I'm going to sit here and feel that there is a right and wrong that it should be apparent to everybody. Yeah. I guess I don't believe that necessarily. You know. I'm a, I would call myself a moral relativist. I see. You know, I think there's such a thing as a true and a false. I think right. there's an objective truth to reality. But, you know, I, I think if something's wrong, it's wrong because it causes suffering. And ultimately, that's a that's a human conception we've agreed upon because we people don't like suffering. Yeah, I wish I wish we could, <laughs> kind of by definition. <laughs> I wish we could communicate with our listeners and find out how many people 
believe in God, even though that's not really the question. Of those people that believe in God, how many people believe in the devil? I've actually, I've talked to religious people about this a lot, because I'm always, I'm always curious. I think this is a really fascinating question. Most people I've talked to said not only do they believe in the devil, but they believe that the devil and or his servants are literally here in the world nudging things a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I find interesting because you don't hear that very often. Yeah, oh, it's totally cool. I mean, obviously, I'm on a paranormal show and stuff like that. I <laughs> oh, think, yeah, no no kidding. Know. I love that. <laughs> but that's Some like, of the greatest horror films of all time, you know? You just, Sabrina. <laughs> just if you're a very secular person, you often think of modern religion as as very similarly secular and kind of urbane. Right. But yeah. that's not really true. <laughs> well, I think C.S. Lewis put it in a really good way that I feel kind of squashes some um, Christian belief systems of the devil. And mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis, uh, for those of you out there, uh, Christian writer later in life, uh, prolific Christian writer. Right. Lion, the Witch, um, and the Wardrobe, all of that. Right. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, on very Christian. Yeah. Um, he said in the preface to the Screw Tape Letters, he said... Which is a fantastic book. Yeah. He said that... Um, in this world, a lot of Christians believe that the devil is the antithesis of God and that he's not. If he's the opposite of anything, he would be the opposite of Michael the Archangel and that the devil doesn't have the ability to be everywhere at once and to influence the world in the way that God does. Right. And that most evils in this world are committed by man and have nothing to do with the devil. Yeah, As I totally a, agree. And this is coming from C.S. Lewis, who was a yeah. firm believer in the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, he did believe in it. But he also made it clear that most evils in this world were yeah. were by man's choices and not influenced by the devil. And I, I think most of the religious people I've talked to would agree with that, I think. I think so. I think even people who, say, who for instance, believe in demonic possession, which is one thing that personally I'm like, hmm, maybe. But uh, I think most of those people would agree that, you know, the vast majority of such reports are false. And, you know, most people who think they're possessed are not. And, you know, most of that kind of thing is, is not is right. not real. But, but what maybe I, I want to know is, are is. they a physical <laughs> entity? Like, if there was a demon in this building, is it hiding behind a corner? Or is it able to yeah. be invisible and ghost-like? And, like, you I know, mean, what am I looking for? <laughs> well, we've talked to, like, we've asked, like, 20 different paranormal investigators the, that exact question. I, but I think they're all, all mediums. They're all, like, you know, praying over crystals. They're all, like, a little bit different than, like, a straight-up fundamentalist Christian. Okay. You know, I want to know what fundamentalist Christians feel. Are they physical entities, or or can they be both, or yeah. what's up with that? I don't know, but I suspect most people believe that they're incorporeal if they manifest in this world. But I see. I, or do they the, jump from brain to brain? That's Are they what I existent expect, within I, us? I have no yeah. idea what other people believe. So, uh, yeah, it's that an was an interesting a, question. Yeah, I, Satanism to me is something that is very interesting for two reasons. Uh, yeah. To close this up before we come to the break. Uh, for two reasons, I find it really interesting because I'm a horror movie nut. Of course. And because it sort of portrays part of this world beyond our world. And, of course, I'm totally interested in that. And um, also, it it seems like, you know... If all this was real, we would have more Satanists because, like, rooting for the underdog is kind of the American way. <laughs> Don't you think? It's like, that is we know this guy's going to lose. And, you know, you got to kind of root for the underdog. You know he's going to lose and stuff like that. And it's like, 
I personally feel like I don't personally believe in God, but I mean, if the devil showed up to me, he's just all, hey, want to sign this and sell your soul? I'd be all, I believe in God now and you're out. I'm done with you. Oh my God. Okay. Wouldn't you? I'd be I all, mean, uh, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm out. Okay. So yeah, I have to answer yes. because in, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a no go for me. I don't know if I have a soul, but as soon as I'm informed that I have one, I'm sure I'm going to take better care of it. All right, you're listening to Radio Wasteland. When we come on back, we're going to talk more about the news. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland. We're talking about some news articles. Kara, what do you got for us? Yeah, move over to Satanism. We're talking about Mothman. Mothman again. What is yeah. it with you and the Mothman? I have a total crush on Mothman. Totally. I I, I will be his bride. Yeah, Kara wants to have like a thousand Mothman babies. Which, for I all mean, we know, might just be one pregnancy. <laughs> oh, God. That's <laughs> gross. Uh, okay, I'm not into Mothman They might be chest bursters, you know, but, you know, it's hot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can't say that on the radio. Not really? in that context. Uh, okay. All right, tell us we about We were Mothman. just talking about Satan. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, I don't want to get sued by some Satanists for being, you know, discriminatory. Y- you can't get sued for that. Okay, well, whatever. Anyway, so I've actually discussed this on the show a little bit before. Basically, it was a new article on... I was just kind of recapping all the Mothman craziness of 2017 in Chicago, mm-hmm. which hasn't ended, really, but it has slowed to a crawl. The gist of it is that throughout 2017, a little bit of 2016, a little bit of 2018, um, some 55 people, I'm pretty sure it was actually more, but the the article only reported 55 people, so I, I don't know, have seen Mothman or a Mothman-like thing in the skies above Chicago. Mm. Now, this is... Somewhat concerning for a couple of reasons. First, Mothman's appearance is said to foretell tragedy. Right. Um, There are some reports that Mothman showed up before Chernobyl, which I think those are a little dubious, to be honest. But what is clear is that um, there were a lot of reports of Mothman in Point Pleasant before a bridge collapse that killed a few hundred people. So these sightings that we're discussing there in Chicago, where was Point Pleasant? Point Pleasant is in West Virginia. It's more of a... Yeah, it's a very different setting. Uh, But not that far. Yeah, well, Mothman's kind of a denizen of your typical rural areas, so him coming to Chicago is kind of your, you know, Freddie or Jason in New York kind of situation. Jason takes Manhattan. Jason takes Manhattan. I never watched that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I knew you would know what I was trying to say. (laughs) And so uh, there are a lot of Mothman-like sightings. Right. So, to be clear, there are sightings in general of a man-sized creature with wings, in many cases glowing red eyes, in many cases claws. There is at least one peculiar case of a driver who swears he saw a person transforming into some kind of bird creature, which is terrifying, but that's only one report, so who knows. Right. Um. But what's interesting is is the sheer number of these sightings. And when you go and and look up the actual accounts, like, you might think, oh, they're just seeing an owl or something. It's just hysteria. They're just on drugs. There is no way. Some of these accounts are incredibly vivid. Mm. Like, there's, there's one woman who reported that she was in a parked car with her boyfriend. Um, and I don't know. They were just hanging out, I guess. 
when this enormous man-sized bat creature lands on the hood of the car and starts scratching at the windshield with long claws. Right. Apparently, you know, obviously a rabid owl. Yeah. <laughs> right, clearly that's that's what owls look like. Right, they're yeah. they're man-sized and they have <laughs> long human arms ending in claws. Right. And glowing red eyes. Yeah. So Mothman is one of my favorite cryptids because to me the Point Pleasant sightings are they're packed together and they're all mostly pretty darn credible. And the Chicago sightings exactly the same thing. You know, like well, that's 50 always, years later. That's always been the weird thing it's about bizarre. Mothman to me is that <laughs> in the case of, like, Bigfoot and some uh-huh. of these other cryptids, you have these researchers going out. Right, they're and, looking for it. And really looking for it and acquiring evidence or or coming up with concepts and, like, all mm-hmm. this stuff. And in the case of Mothman, it seems like all we have is a, <laughs> is a large number of sightings with really no... No... Um, Backstory there. We got no backstory. No, abs- absolutely not. Now, in, in Point Pleasant, um, there's always theories, right? In Point Pleasant, Mothman was sighted around an, an abandoned uh, military site um, for a while. So some people propose that, you know, maybe it was a some kind of freakish mutant or something. Right. That was drawn towards tragedy. It was right. Some and precognition of tragedy. It, exactly. But no one knows for sure. And it's not like there's any... It's like Bigfoot. It's not like there's any physical evidence of this creature. People have just seen it. People have seen it, you know, keeping pace with cars, driving 100 miles an hour. People have seen it doing things that animals can't do. Right. And yet people have seen it. So what is it? Is it incorporeal? Is it a space alien? Is it a bodily demon, as we were just talking about from last... From last episode, it's, it's you know, really hard to say. Cryptids from the scientific angle of being an actual cryptid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so if if Mothman is some sort of uh, magical demon ghost, it, it, it is not, not really a cryptid. cryptid. No. Right. Yeah. But, but from the angle of being a cryptid, I find cryptids to be incredibly interesting. Absolutely. But uh, there is just so little evidence that anything right. truly fantastic has been found but are we just so easily um are we just so easily desensitized maybe that we have found things like like the gorilla you know the gorilla wasn't actually discovered until the 1900s that's right you know and at the time we might have been oh my god that's a huge man monkey you know because at the time it would have been that is you know that's a Big monkey, you know, big ape. Because they didn't know about gorillas. Right, or, or uh, you know, giant squids. You know, oh, are yeah. we so desensitized that they lose their magic and that maybe these things really are, and then once we find it, be oh, yeah, that's Mothman. <laughs> oh, we've known about Mothman. It's fine. It's like the gorilla, you know. It's well, Mothman. See, see, that's the thing, though, is because Mothman is consistently cited. For one thing, it's always one. You never see a group of Mothmen. That's um, true. That's true. So that that in itself is is kind of weird, but some animals are solitary, so who knows? But Mothman is always cited seeing the m- most bizarre things, doing the most bizarre things, like the a bird the size of a man cannot fly at a hundred miles per hour. <coughs> yeah. Yet there are multiple reports of it doing that. Well, a bird the weight the a bird the size of a man can't fly at all. 
Well, yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, that's uh, a good point. its wingspan would have to be absolutely massive to be right. able to pick up a man. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work physically, right. mm-hmm. and yet that's what these sightings seem to indicate. So, so I I don't know. I I'm on the. I think there's something going on. Actually, I'm a I'm a wholehearted <laughs> believer that there is something to this. Who knows what? But it's, so as our local resident Mothman lover. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I should make different terms for that, but enthusiast. As our local Mothman enthusiast. Mothmanophilic. What do you think Mothman is? Like, when you sit there and you, like, read this stuff, surely you have some sort of concept of what you think it must be. No, I I don't, though. You don't? I just... That's what's so interesting. Is I, <laughs> I really don't know. I think whatever it is, it's probably similar to the Dogman phenomenon mm-hmm. just mothman right which uh for those who don't know we had linda godfrey on a while ago and she right. was talking about sightings of um unknown upright canids all over the world same thing right. lots of sightings lots of credible sightings lots of very weird sightings you know these creatures behaving in ways that ordinary animals can't right so what she said is she when we asked her, what do you think these are? She said she thought they were skinwalkers, basically. So, so sort, sort maybe of a shape-shifting spiritual thing? Yeah, well, skinwalkers are, are people, are human beings who can shapeshift. But I don't know if I want to go so far to, to endorse the possibility of literal magic. But I yeah. don't know. That's what she said about Dogman. Who knows? Maybe... I'm like 50-50 on ghosts. Maybe these are incorporeal entities of some sort that people are seeing. Maybe they're space aliens. Maybe. I have I have no idea. I can't come up with an explanation that doesn't sound crazy when I say it. Yeah, and that's what <laughs> makes these things so fun is how absolutely exactly. crazy they are. You know, and, uh, you know, Linda Gottfried was, was a yeah. prime example. So she was on talking about the Beast of Bray Road. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, here, here this is just sounds absolutely yeah. ridiculous, but she's not, she's no fool. No. You know, she is obviously a real credible person who is right. really and, trying to research. And she this. like, yeah, she was a reporter who just happened to get drawn into the story and found it compelling enough to continue for decades to gather all this evidence. To me, that's incredibly compelling. Incredibly. All right, you're listening to Radio Wasteland. When we come back, we got another news article for you to listen about. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland. We're talking about uh, different articles from this year and this past month because you've been too busy spending all your money. Let me give you a little spending money advice. Uh, when my wife and I first got together, we uh, got ourselves in so much Christmas debt that it took us like three years to pay our way out of it. And at that point, we decided we weren't going to spend that much money any longer. And what we did is we decided we were going to buy one present for the kids from us and one from Santa, and that was it. Fill their stockings, and we're done. And here we are. That's all my kids ever expect, and they are totally happy and totally thrilled to get that. So... Stop spending your money on a bunch of crap. <laughs> All right, so uh, our next topic we're discussing here is Slender Man. Speaking of Christmas. Speaking of Christmas. So <laughs> the article is the failed Slender Man movie that was a nail in the coughing of a dying fandom off of TheVerge.com. Yeah. Basically, the, the article is really sort of discussing the failure of the Slender Man movie 
and about how it's really sort of the death of Slenderman. The article, mm-hmm. one part of the article totally pissed me off, and it tried to compare Slenderman to, like, the Cthulhu of the new um, of the 21st century, and I'm just all like, what? Yeah, it doesn't that have that right. kind of staying yeah. power. No, no, <laughs> it doesn't. But uh, basically, Although Marble Hornets was awesome, I have to say. Which was? Marble Hornets. It was kind is. of the first, like, Slender Man was introduced on just this creepy pasta forum. It was just image manipulation, so there's just pictures of Slender Man. Then these guys made this web series called Marble Hornets oh. about Slender Man, and that's Almost everything Slenderman related. Like, they didn't make Slenderman up, but pretty much all the tropes associated with him right. come from Marble Hornets, which was awesome. Right. But the creators haven't done anything that is anywhere remotely as good since. And it it kind of got it got kind of stupid towards the end, so, you know. Everything does. Exactly. So, uh, for you listeners out there who don't know what Slenderman is, or maybe have only some concept of what Slenderman is, Slenderman was originally an idea, a story, a collection of stories, a collection of people, of course, created by one person in, to begin with on a website called Creepypasta, mm-hmm. which was a website that's shared sort of uh, independent writers, sort of horror stories, horror images, horror collections, exactly, and so on and so forth. And, uh, and Slenderman really came... To well, for one, Slenderman was hugely popular long before any sort of tragedy happened. Oh, absolutely. to the point where anybody under the age of fourteen probably knew what this was here in the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, it really sort of came to popularity uh, when two twelve-year-olds blamed Slenderman for inspiring them to stab a classmate. Yes, and so they lured this girl out into the woods. On May 31st, 2014, two 12-year-old girls in Wisconsin, Waukesha, Wisconsin, held down and... bad events occur. Yeah, yeah, totally. Held down and stabbed a 12-year-old classmate 19 times. That means one of them stabbed at least one more time than the other one. Uh, (laughs) And the victim crawled out of the woods to a roadway. A passing cyclist alerted the authorities, and the victim survived. And... uh, and basically, these these girls testified in court that, uh, well, one of them was, was definitely more crazy than the other one. Mm-hmm. One of them said she also conversed with Lord Voldemort and with one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know which one, but one of them. This is crucial information, you know. If you're talking, <laughs> if you're talking with uh, Raphael, you know, he of course he's going to tell you to kill. But talk totally. to any of the others, and, totally. yeah, they're, yeah. They're if more you're talking chill. to Michelangelo, you know, you're just going to be 400 pounds and eat a lot of pizza, <laughs> right? <clears throat> uh, they were tried separately as adults. Uh, it took a couple of years to try them because they mm-hmm. had to like bring them down from their crazy before right. they could try them as adults, which is you know really weird. Right. Well, one of them basically just had untreated schizophrenia, right? Like, she was... Right. She was not even really functional in terms of perceiving the world around her. I assume that's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one. Uh, I think so. Because I I understand... This is the first I've heard about the Ninja Turtle thing. (laughs) I understand that Slender Man was sort of created in this Blair Witch style where kids might be all, oh, Slender Man's real. I yeah, get it, maybe. that it was made in this sort of mockumentary style. Um, Lord Voldemort was not. No. If you're communicating with Lord Voldemort, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, you got got some issues. Right. 
I mean, if Lord Voldemort was real, I would be in a whole heap of dog do because he is not supposed to be named. And I'm sitting here naming him. <laughs> All right. So they were tried separately as adults after they came down from the crazy. And uh, one was uh, sentenced to spend three years institutionalized and the other one, 25 years. Right. And then later, uh, this led to some other stuff. A 14-year-old girl was arrested after allegedly trying to burn her family's house down with her mom and sister in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine-year-old brother, not sister, nine-year-old brother in it. And the police found her shortly afterwards in the park where she was reading an e-book called Soul Eater, which is really kind of more associated with what she's got going on there. Uh, but the police, <laughs> I think, kind of latched on to uh, the Slender Man. And then uh, there were some suicide attempts, uh, ages 12 to 24 in Pine Ridge Indian Reservation that was also blamed on Slender Man. I find it incredibly amazing that anybody would would fall for this. Yeah. Yeah. It it is, um, whoa, it is just absolutely crazy. To be fair, Marble Hornets is very scary. I don't know. (laughs) I mean... I, the first season is anyway. What do you know about scary? You know, you know nothing. That is true. I forgot who I'm talking to. The wise scariness <laughs> yeah. sensei. You know. I'm talking to like Pime <laughs> of horror movies here, and you're like right. whipping your beard around and right. You know, so this was basically the whole concept of this even hitting hitting the mainstream again. And mm-hmm. and I'm of course joking with you about this. I'm actually really interested in in reading this now that you tell me about it. The Marvel Hornets. Yeah, well, it's a web series. You watch it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. check it. Uh, some of those web series you actually read. That's why I said that. Oh, okay. That's sort of like a like Homestuck or something. You know, I um, also like Homestuck, but you know, I would being a millennial. So. Uh, the reason why this hit is because this Slender Man movie is considered the end. Nobody is Pretty ever much, going yeah. to fall for this again because this movie bombed. And I don't Hard. know if it's yeah. fair to say that it bombed. It actually made like $50 million, and I bet you that's way more than they invested <laughs> in it. That is true. But it has 8% uh, fresh on Rotten Tomatoes based Ooh. off of 65 reviews. Ooh, that's painful. <laughs> that's like really low. Yeah. That is like that's really, bad. really bad. And uh, this is actually, there have been quite a few other Slender Man movies. For some reason, this was like the first right. one that they considered to be, so it might be coming from the creators, but there have been quite a few others that sort of ripped off Yeah, the th- there was one that was supposed to be, like, to some extent, a continuance of Marble Hornets, but it was terrible. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah, it just wasn't great. Um, but I, I don't know, I really think the death knell of Slender Man is something that is cool, is like... It was created by 20-year-old guys who are nerds who spend a lot of time on the Internet. As soon as it gets co-opted by 14-year-old emo girls, the 20-year-old guys aren't going to want to have anything to do with it. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Your, your age <laughs> you put ha- together there are a little disturbing. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm just saying they wouldn't have even had to kill anyone, really. The, the story would just have to have been 14-year-old girls like Slender Man right. to, to kill it. Right. Yeah. It just amazes me what some people will believe. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. even the Blair Witch had a lot of great marketing behind it. But um, Yeah, I don't think Slender Man was, was really ever presented as real, even. Like, it, no, was, it, it was jokingly. It was in a very 
sort of joking, ironic sense, people would be like, oh, the more you think about Slender Man, the more likely he is to get you, that right, kind of thing. Right, yeah. You know, it's classic paranoia, paranoia fuel, but that's just to heighten the horror surrounding it. That, <laughs> I've like, even heard a guest on Coast to Coast talking about how it was actually real. Yeah. And I'm, I, I like that. that is to, weird. I had to, like, turn it off because I couldn't even enjoy myself while listening to it. Right, that's... That's very silly, Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. But, All right. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about some articles. You've been listening to Radio Wasteland. All right. And welcome back to Radio Wasteland. We're talking about news and articles, and uh, we got a polarizing one exactly. for our last one here. Yes. Um so, it, it, this has actually been all over the news. I think I first read it in the LA Times. Some people might call it depolarizing. Depolarizing? Oh, in the sense of polar, as in like right. cold. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. yeah, see what I did there? We're talking about climate change, people. Yeah. Um, specifically, we're talking about the climate change report that was buried on Black Friday, even though it... Um, it was not going to be released anywhere around now, originally. It was going to be released in December, um, but the Trump administration decided it would probably be best to release it the day after Thanksgiving. So, um, <laughs> so let's, let's deal with that conspiracy first. Right, that's um, the first thing. Do we have proof that they purposefully put it out on that day to bury it, other than the sneaky well, timing? that's what the authors of the report are saying. And they're, no, we don't have proof. We know they were told by higher-ups, okay, we're going to release it on this date. They don't know who those higher-ups were, mm -hmm. but it couldn't have been anyone but the White House. Right. <laughs> so, no, there's no proof, but there's strong circumstantial evidence. Right. And <laughs> and so the deal is they released it on Black Friday. In order to try and keep it out of the news cycle. And now the news is basically reporting that that somewhat backfired. Yeah, in fact, I think it it might not have gotten the attention it did if not for this whole bit of shenanigans. But, you know, it's it's not getting any attention in conservative media, and <laughs> that's the people who need to be convinced that climate change is a real thing. Right. So, <laughs> to the rest of us, it's kind of preaching to the choir. But the gist of the report is that by the end of the century, in some sectors, um... Climate change will be costing us hundreds of billions of dollars and thousands of American lives every year, which right. I think is lowballing it because um, the report they released a few months ago said that uh, by the end of the century, we could be looking at a global increase of three degrees Celsius. And if we get to three degrees, there are natural feedback loops that make it very likely we're going to hit five, six degrees, which kills everyone. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, Placing it in terms of monetary, you know, values kind of misses the point of also will be extinct within now, two centuries. But. Let's clarify this for some people because a lot of people are going to have different sides on this. You know, sure. there's no way they're not. And and a lot of people are going to hear six degrees and they're going to be all, I don't know, I can handle six more degrees. How is right. that going to kill everybody? Okay, so first of all, just to be clear here, it's Celsius we're talking about. So that's more than six degrees Fahrenheit. But the big thing is... This is a global body increasing by that much. So that's, you know, it's going to be twice that over land and, you know, a little less than half that over, over water, 
you know, it varies by place. So many places will in- increase a lot. So the the real point, though, here is, yeah, a person can walk around in 90-degree weather. We're from Reading. We know that. Right. And even if, you know, we get consistent 100-degree heat waves that last from April to October, you know, we'll still survive, but the plants won't. Right. That's the trouble. That right. The trouble is that you cannot really grow food in a world that is six degrees Celsius more than than now. Right. And it's it's really not clear how you might go about, say, genetically engineering crops to survive that kind of heat. Plants, you know, megafauna, which is what humans are, things like people, bears, moose, etc., we're resilient to temperature changes. Your fish plants that kind of thing are are not and so it's hard to see how those creatures are going to survive such a dramatic change in their natural ecosystems which in turn will deprive us of the natural resources we need to survive right yeah and that's in addition to sea level rise catastrophic storms etc etc right now that's six degrees here we're talking about to be clear on what the Trump administration is saying is we're looking at three degrees by the end of um, the century if we change nothing. Uh, so, obviously, three degrees isn't nearly that bad. We're, as the report concludes, we're looking at, at dramatically lower yields in agriculture for just virtually across the board and probably worsening refugee problems, far worse wildfires and so forth. Right. But it's hard to actually tell how bad three degrees is going to be. Right. You know, right um, now we're at like 1.3 above industrial levels. Right. So. And <laughs> we and throughout, you know, we take core samples mm-hmm. and we've never seen a raise in temperature or carbon levels like we have since the industrial. No, no. Yeah. Over so, the past 200 years, we've seen the kind of change that if it is just up to like solar cycles and stuff only happens over the course of tens of thousands of years. Right. Um, I find it really difficult to have a nice conversation about this. You know, I, <laughs> oh, re- so do I. <laughs> I, I really want to, to sort of, so one of the arguments that I, I tend and for transparency, I am a firm believer that we are, mm-hmm. we are causing this. Um, at least we are part of the reason. Some people can make the argument like maybe there's a cycle, maybe there is a cycle, but we're part of the reason. Yeah, and well, we there's know definitely a natural cycle, but it... And we know we're yeah. part of the reason. <laughs> uh, for one, uh, the carbon that's in the atmosphere, we can tell if it's man-made or not because it's burned fossil fuels, and by the molecular right. count and weight of the of the molecules, we know where it came from. We right. know it didn't come from a super volcano or something. We know it came from burned fossil fuels. Right. But, um, <clears throat> and we know that carbon dioxide makes the planet warmer because... We know how greenhouses work. Right. That's in, the greenhouse effect is incredibly basic science. Right. So I have a hard time having a nice conversation about this mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I get the argument of wanting to put it in the back burner. Um, but, you know, my, I have I have a friend who's conservative military guy. And like he doesn't believe in in global warming, and yeah. and I say to him, I'm just all but but you're conservative. You believe in taking care of your own stuff. He's all I do, and I'm all in your military guy. You're all about taking care of your own and doing right, and he's all I am, and I'm just all okay. So regardless of if there's global warming, why is it cool to take a crap in your backyard and just leave it there? You know, 
shouldn't we be cleaning this stuff up regardless just because we're people and and we're smart so that's one of my issues yeah. is like why is there even this big argument where like oh, oh i should be able to crap in the ocean all i won't <laughs> you know um that's a weird argument um another one of the arguments is that <clears throat> i say this all the time as as close back in history as benjamin franklin one person was capable of having a pretty good understanding of all the world's sciences right since then, that is just not an option. No. There are literally people. So in my career of an SEO and, and online stuff, there are literally people in my career making six figures to, who know nothing about computers. They just deal with emails. Right. That's all they do. <laughs> and they are just masters at it. And it literally consumes their minds. You just are not capable of, of knowing these things. We have to comfortably delegate these things to scientists. We have to believe these scientists. But I understand that so many people, because you and I are in this world of, of, of fake news and this world of manipulative right. advertising to the point where we're not sure if we can believe these people who are telling us these things. And I understand that it's difficult for some people. Yeah, because they don't believe personally. I have uh, earlier we were talking about Christianity and and Satanism and stuff like that. And my religion, I would say, is science. So so I am kind of a blind follower of science. Yeah, well, to be to be honest, I would say it actually wouldn't really make much sense to tackle climate change if it wasn't man caused, because to tackle this problem effectively. Is we're talking expenditures of trillions of dollars. Yeah, but that doesn't matter if a, if a comet was coming and going to hit the Earth. That's not man caused, but still we try to stop it because it's going to kill us. Well, right, but the only effective way to stop climate change is by reducing our own emissions. I mean, yeah, there's techno fixes. People are talking about you know solar, solar mitigation, all, all these kinds of things. But those those technologies are so far from being scalable, like the. This is the point I make. Like, people say, well, they have machines now that can pull carbon out of the atmosphere. It's like, we already did. They're called trees. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> You know, the issue is having enough of any of these technologies to affect the entire planet. Right. Which is, is something we did by accident with fossil fuels by basing every technology on Earth around them for 200 years. Right. Like, are we going to be able to put that same expenditure into putting... So sulfur aerosols into the atmosphere i i really doubt it it's, no matter how you tackle climate change we're talking trillions of dollars of investments right and <laughs> and if we do solidify this as us being the problem and and really solidify it yeah. that we have to stop there are going to be wars fought over this yeah there are going see, to see that's be wars. my problem is i would just i would argue that that not believing that is tantamount to not believing in science at all yeah, because, like, let's say we all decide as a country that this is going on. Yeah. And and Iran decides that it's not, and they're going to keep doing what they're doing or whatever it is they want. We're going mm -hmm. to end up going to war with other countries who are basically polluting our air because— Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, you seem to know more about this than I do, and um, I did. T I took a couple of classes on it in college. I've read several books on it. So, oh, Mrs. Smarty Pants. Yeah. Okay. So this is like the <laughs> one topic in all of the world where I feel comfortable, like, I see, I see. <laughs> like discoursing at a high level. Most things, I will admit, I don't know much, but on climate change, I actually do know a fair amount. So shoot. So here's my understanding: <laughs> that carbon is put into our environment in sure. a way. That it doesn't immediately build up, that it starts to get processed by our environment, 
And as it starts to come out, we have a buildup. And that there will be a point of no return where that carbon will be coming out of our environment so much that it doesn't really matter what we do because it will be coming out of our environment for hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of, years of years after. Yeah, so that's why I was saying if we hit three degrees, it's pretty much certain we'll hit six degrees, is because at at that point, natural cycles take over. You're right. So, for one thing, the, the ocean absorbs a lot of carbon dioxide, um, but there's a limit to how much it can really do that before it's sort of saturated. And then suddenly, you know, we start seeing massive increases in in temperature increases from seemingly the same amount of emissions because the ocean will no longer absorb that. But more, the key thing, though, is thinking about, because that's actually not a very good example. The key thing is thinking about several natural cycles. First off, plants and soil absorb absorb, uh, carbon. And um, I think primarily carbon could be a a couple other greenhouse gases. I don't remember. Um, Except when it gets too warm when they also kind of reach their limit and they like plants will kind of flip and they'll start uh shedding carbon instead basically so we'll lose these massive carbon sinks and and yeah all the carbon that was absorbed all the free carbon we got from the environment will that'll suddenly start coming back at us if it gets too warm um another thing is uh the albedo effect which is basically uh, this one most people know, snow is white, it bounces heat off into space, basically. Sunlight mm-hmm. bounces off of it, but as the snow melts, then it reveals more darker soil and or ocean surface underneath it, which absorbs more heat, which causes the planet to become warmer, which in turn causes more snow to melt. And probably the one that's not such an issue now, but will be an issue once you reach 3, 4, or 5 degrees, to an extreme extent, is... um methane hydrate beds that are huge pockets of methane which is by the way a greenhouse gas that traps far more heat than carbon we just don't produce as much of it so there are these huge prehistoric pockets underneath the the soil and underneath the um the ocean and if the planet gets too warm basically these pockets will explode so are those (laughs) under permafrost is that some of them some of them are under seabeds um so this has already started to happen um, on a small scale. You might remember from many years ago, uh, there was the issue of that big weird hole that opened up in Siberia, and no one knew where it came from. Oh, there right. were weird pictures of it. It was just this chasm that it opened up. Well, where it came from is a methane deposit exploded, and now that all that methane is in the atmosphere. Right. So that's... Um, Right now, soil and the albedo effect are really what we have to worry about. But if it gets too bad, then what we're going to have to worry about is is huge amounts of methane being dumped into the environment. So we we don't really know where the cutoff is. There's a lot we don't know about how quickly it will really get bad. But it's, I think, pretty fair to guess based on the available science that, you know, around the two, three degrees mark, which, by the way, kills billions of poor people anyway— on that you'll start to well, see, I see why they like it <laughs> would that you'll start to see feedback loops that can't be stopped right so what that all boils down to is we've only got a few decades left to solve this problem right 
or at least mitigate it enough to buy us extra time. So how does that happen? Uh, global armed revolution. That's what I'm saying. It's like, so let's say... I don't think it can happen under our current political system, to be honest. I don't think it, we can get there from here. Let's say <laughs> our entire world is the United States and just the United States. Let's take okay. everybody else out, and we're just left with the United States. Okay. How does that happen? You know, we're looking at well, five decades until we're, we're really dealing with some serious problems. And at best, that's like two generations with the current generation still alive. Oh, I could, yeah, I could live to see a point of no return. I'd be, you know, 108 by the turn of the century, but I could, I could live to see a point where I could conclude, yeah, we're dead. I could live to see that. That's absolutely terrifying. Yes, it is. I don't see why we don't just stop crapping in our backyard. It's like because the people who make the decision whether to do that are old and rich, and they're only going to live 15 more years. Don't they love their babies? No, they're psychopaths. That's how they got rich. <laughs> Even rich old white people love their babies. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, okay, maybe you're right, but I I think they don't want to face up to what they've done, or there there aren't enough of them to to make a real difference. Right. I don't. I don't know. But... You know, the vast majority of people who are ultra-rich are also ultra-conservative. The people yeah. who are really in the spotlight yeah, are, are yeah. you know, people like Bill Gates, etc., et who are famously rather liberal. Right. But that's that's not the average. The average rich person is, is very conservative and doesn't believe in climate change at all, which, you know, I probably wouldn't want to believe I was responsible for the death of the planet either well i don't think we can blame the conservatives i think that uh, i'm not blaming the conservatives i'm blaming the conservative billionaires specifically yeah but even <laughs> then in in the 80s the liberal billionaires were doing all this stuff too it's like we we're looking at generations of people who are still alive somehow i think the only way that we can take care of this is if somehow we can separate this from the dichotomy in this country this this split in the country that isn't going to go away for a couple of generations but somehow we have to remove this topic from it you know we have to laser scalpel this one out i don't think that's ever happened before i don't know i really feel like we were on the brink of sort of like going toe to toe with some major corporations on both sides of the aisle trump came in and kind of changed this but um, both sides of the aisle were ready to go to war with major corporations prior to Trump. And so I think it is something that maybe we can get back to because, you know, uh, a lot of these people who are on the right are are poor and scared and yeah. and I think are ready to believe that the corporations are a big part of their problem. Maybe so. You know. But they don't. I don't know. That there's got to be some way to handle this. Otherwise, I mean, if there's no solution, then, then nothing matters, really. Right. Well, that, <laughs> that's where the hard part comes in, because there is no solution. Because as soon as we take this out of our microcosm, we're working with solely the United States. We hit China. We hit India. We yeah. hit these massive polluters that are really polluting even worse than we are. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, part of the... Part of the rationale for that is, hey, we didn't get to use dirty fuel sources for 200 years. Now we're trying to modernize. Let us do this in peace. Right. And and so we say, no, you can't. You'll kill us all. 
and they say, okay, so give us money to modernize without without using dirty sources, and we say, uh, we'll get back to you on that. Right. <laughs> ultimately, I do feel this comes down to the United States, Britain, countries like that, refusing to pony up. I don't really blame countries like China and India, who I blame for a lot of stuff, to be honest, but I, I don't think it's fair to expect them to take the brunt of this, honestly, because... Oh no! I agree. we the fact that we are rich countries is we owe that to fossil fuels. Yeah. So we need to pay yeah. to make it right. And, and it, even outside of us paying, you can't it. you can't lead from the back. You have to lead from the front. Yeah. And if you're not in the front, then you ain't leading. You know. Yeah, exactly. And so I totally agree with you. All right, you're listening to Radio Wasteland. Thanks for checking us out. Don't forget, if you're a doomsday prepper, stock up on sunscreen. Sit.